here's a message from Ken Lavica. I'll admit, I'm not easily impressed this weekend. I was impressed. Christian Cat hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. Theo Dorsey, you know what I got? You know what I got? My condition that I'm suffering from right now? What you got, Doc? Panthers fever. I am transfixed by the Florida Panthers and the angst that they have wrought upon the Chicago Cubs fan base of hockey fan bases, the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's another revelation that I had over the weekend, that Toronto Maple Leafs fans are the hockey version of Cubs fans, the same fans that I grew up around growing up in Chicago as a White Sox fan, Cubs fans entitled Hadn't done anything, hadn't accomplished anything, had a loser team with season after season of failure Mm, yet. mm. And this was pre-2016. They carried themselves as if they deserved greatness. They operated as if they were God's gift to their respective sport. Toronto Maple Leafs fans are pre-2016 Chicago Cubs fans, just the hockey version. Mm. And that is why things like we saw last night with the Florida Panthers, what we've seen with the Panthers now for weeks, but especially last night in a game, the Maple Leafs absolutely had to win. Canada looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs as heroes needing them to stay alive in their series. And what do the Panthers do? The Panthers just break hearts. And who does it on TNT? Sam Reinhart. Reinhart changing sides of the ice for Lundell. Turn to right, all right in front, he scores! Sam Reinhardt gives the Panthers a 3 nothing lead in the series! Uh, it just feels awesome, and even if you don't give a single solitary damn about hockey. The fact that the Panthers long forgotten, the Panthers far and away the least consequential professional sports franchise in this region, seeing them have their spotlight, seeing them have their day and doing it first against Boston in a historic series win. Greatest team ever. Boston Bruins out the door seven games, and now the Panthers on the verge of sweeping the Cinderella, the fan favorite, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the 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 arrogance of that fan base and the expectation that they're just better than you from a hockey standpoint, man, it feels so good. It's crazy to start off the show with a a cross reference from baseball to hockey because I'm really I'm really reaching for straws here trying to figure out what what, what I can grasp from it. But what I am hearing is I know that the Panthers have won six straight. Yeah, I think. It's entitlement. It's entitlement without action. I mean, here, we'll put it this way. Yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs fans are the hockey version of New York Knicks fans. Okay. There you go. There There you go. I got a little too personal with my background when I could have just said, oh, yeah, the team the Heat is (laughs) is on the verge of going up 3-1 against uh, their fan base 
is the basketball version of the Toronto Maple Leafs fan base. I love it. So that, now I can relate to it a lot easier. Now I can grasp there it. There you go. And, and I see that it's a franchise that, again, like you said, a lot of nothing. A lot of lot of condescending fans. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. A, a lot of guys that think that they deserve to be talked about oh, on, yeah. on in the A block oh, of every yeah. sports show. They but they know they yeah. and 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 if you're a Knicks fan, you know ball. Oh, you yeah, know yeah, ball. We're going to get to some of the idiocy that I've seen from that Knicks fan base who is panicking and they should be. We got plenty plenty of that on the docket. But yes, that that's the more relatable yeah. analogy for you. Yeah, yeah. Now I can get it, but also now it makes it just that much that much better. 3-0 yeah. for the Panthers, 2-1 yeah. for the Heat. If yeah. we can bounce them both like simultaneously yeah. at these playoffs, like it'll just be another another feather in the cap. What is nice, what is nice is that there's been so much talk about how Toronto Maple Leafs fans are going to take over these Panthers games. Oh yeah. Uh do we Christian have Mitch Marner of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mitch Marner of the Maple Leafs who uh he was asked about it uh before the game, uh, before game 3 last night, Mitch Marner of the Maple Leafs. Uh and and uh, the, the Panthers made a policy, rightfully so, that when Game 3 tickets went on sale, first 24 hours, they weren't going to sell them to anybody who had a credit card that was registered in Canada. Yeah. They're going to give Panthers fans first rights to these tickets, as they should. The of Maple Leafs is a massive fan base. They haven't been in the second round in 19 years. That's just good business. Yeah. That's just a good business decision. But, of course, oh, it's unfair. The Canadians being uh, being discriminated against. Uh, cry about it. But, you know... You know, because you you see their license plates all over the place, driving 50 on 95. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Ontarioans uh, down here in South Florida. And uh, Mitch Marner said, uh, said the f- hey, you know what? doesn't matter because this, the, the, this stadium, this arena, Game 3, going to be all Maple Leafs fans. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been to Florida when I was younger, and it's all Toronto fans down there regardless. I mean, everyone lives down there when mm-hmm. the wintertime comes, so. I'm sure a lot of people still have U.S. residencies yeah. and, and cards, but mm. um, you know, it doesn't really matter for us. It shouldn't change our mindset. we got to go in there and um, you know, play our best game. Yeah, it's all Toronto fans anyway. Uh, let's hear the Sam Reiner goal one more time, Christian. Uh, Mitch Marner, you tell me, did it sound like all Toronto Maple Leafs fans in that building last night? Reinhardt changing sides of the ice for Lundell. Turn to Reinhardt, right in front, he scores! It's almost as if it was an all-Toronto Maple Leafs fans down there. I can't hear you, Ken. Too loud. Too loud. Too loud in there. Too much noise in FLA Live Arena. So this is sick. This is fun. To, at one time, have the Panthers doing what they're doing against an original six franchise and the Heat doing what they're doing, ask New York fans, to God's gift to basketball. Both at the same time, this is good stuff, man. This is fun. But to me, the most impressive performance this weekend was the Panthers winning a sixth straight playoff game, 3-0, and in overtime, in the postseason, about to take down the Toronto Maple Leafs. That, to me, the most impressive performance of the weekend. What's your most impressive performance this weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Most impressive performance this weekend. Theo, where are you headed here? Uh, it, it's got to be for me the Phoenix Suns duo of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Like, KD's legacy was kind of on the line here. 
you're down 2-0 going into Friday night, coming back home to Phoenix. No Chris Paul. It's just KD and Devin Booker. Everybody in the arena knows it's KD or Devin Booker. The Nuggets know. I mean, fans, casual fans watching the game know. And they delivered. Not just once on Friday night, but then again last night. Back-to-back games, both of them scoring more than 35 points. Two Suns wins. Now it's not at 2-2 against Nikola Jokic, who dropped a 50 ball on them. Like, for those two guys to deliver especially on the backs of how bad it looked in the first two games there for Phoenix. Like, that to me is impressive, and we'll see how sustainable it is, though, because these dudes are also, like, playing 80 minutes a night. I got to be honest. I have not watched a ton of this series in real time. Late tip-offs, man. Late tip-offs. The late tip-offs definitely don't help. I was sort of on uh, Panthers ecstasy mode uh, after their overtime win last night, so I didn't watch a good portion of it until the Jokic and uh, Matt Ishiba, owner of the Suns, dust up uh, on the other side of the baseline. That's ridiculous. But it it, it seems to me that, I mean, and this is where the Heat are really making me start to believe there's a path. I don't think that what's coming out of the West, and I suppose you can make a case for the Lakers, because they're a difficult matchup. There's depth there. But, I mean, it feels like, the best teams, the teams that can provide the best resistance, have the path to the title come out of the East. Like, the West is entertaining, whole lot of offense, yeah. but I, I just I feel like the champion's going to come out of the East. And this is where even the Heat is an eight seed. They're the best eight seed in the history of the NBA. They are the best eight seed in the history of the league. We've been yeah. talking about it. The yeah. same core that was the one seed and came an inch away from the finals a year ago. This is the same team. And other they than PJ Tucker. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and and including Tyler Hero battling injuries. Yeah. Like it's the same exact thing. There is a path. And so talking about Nuggets and Suns, the fact that the Nuggets have lost back to back games to a Chris Paulless Phoenix Suns team who's suddenly playing better without Chris Paul yeah. on the floor. Isn't that an indictment of the Denver Nuggets, though? Isn't that something that causes you to pause and say to yourself, huh, um, maybe these two teams and even the Nuggets, the one seed, ain't it? And it lends credence to you saying uh, a week and a half ago that the Warriors felt like they had a path to the yeah. Western Conference title. That said, Warriors coming off just getting beat by 30. Mm-hmm. A 30-ball dropped on them uh, in Game 3 of that series. I'm telling you, there is a path for the Heat. There is a path for the Heat. And after watching the 76ers collapse into seeing the Celtics collapse yesterday, there is a path for the Heat. That is my main takeaway from all of that. There is a path to an NBA championship for an 8-seed Heat, and it's just not. it's not just me wearing red and black Heat delusional glasses. Yeah, yeah. It's not. And it also, on top of that, we saw something out of the Miami Heat on Saturday that we didn't see and we hadn't really seen this postseason. They had a terrible shooting night. Mm-hmm. A terrible shooting night. And they won by 19 points. Right. Like, those are the kind of games that if you're going to make a championship run, especially as a team that maybe doesn't have that top-end talent, the same level that you've seen of previous NBA champions in the modern era with big threes and whatnot. Like, if you're going to make a run like that, You've got to be able to win the games when you go three for 30 from three. and Some of the games even when you have to withstand a shooting onslaught. Luckily, the defense for the Heat was so great right. uh, against those Knicks. But well, like, it's like We said it, it, you host Heating Up with JMP yeah. before every Heat game, and you can hear that tonight here on ESPN 106.3 prior to, to game four. But you had me on, and we were talking about it. The Heat in game two played an awful lot of zone because they had to. No they didn't have the bodies to, to play man. 
And so the Athletic especially wrote a a glowing piece on how the Knicks picked apart that heat zone in game two, even though the Knicks finally got their offense going with like five minutes left to go in that game. The heat zone had held up for the majority of the time. But whatever. We said on heating up on Saturday that with Jimmy back, there was going to be no need to play majority zone. The Heat played man the entire game on Saturday, and what happened, they matched up well, and Bam had his best game of the series. Bam, in the absence of a good shooting day for the Heat, Bam set the tone, and that Heat defense, man-to-man, was elite. The switching was phenomenal. The closeouts were epic, and the Heat rebounded much better than they did in game two because it's almost as if Jimmy Butler makes a difference when he can put his ass on somebody when the shot goes up. A lot of that just had to do with exactly what you're saying there, boxing out, putting the body on people, and then kind of crashing to the board. Like, the Knicks were the more physical team in game one and game two, though the Heat did get in game one. In game three, I think that that kind of shifted back to Miami. Hopefully, maybe it's being at Kaseya Center. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's being home and having the home cooking. But also, I think – Part of it no, was, but I thought that was MSG South, Theo. I thought I, it was I MSG know, yeah, South. Forgot, Speaking yeah, about yeah. another takeover, another takeover. Maple Leafs fans with the Panthers and yeah. Knicks fans with the Heat. Um, Knicks fans, uh, who was who was leaving early on Saturday with like seven minutes? Who, oh, oh uh, those who make up MSG South, you mm, losers. Mm, mm. They could have left in the second quarter. They could have. I mean, I mean <laughs> they, their team put up no resistance. That game was over in the second quarter. So bad. And I think it, part of that has to do with the fact that, like, this series doesn't get talked about enough, especially amongst the other ones of the other big four that we have right now. Part of that is I just th- this Knicks team is just uninspiring to me right th- right now. They're mid. Like they're, at this they're, point, they've been mid. Yeah. There's a reason they're a five seed. They're a mid. They're a mid good basketball team. Yeah. They're not excellent. They haven't been good. They went on a winning streak this year. That was great. Yeah. They went on a winning streak this year. The Heat being beat at the horn by Julius Randle was part of what was a lengthy winning streak, but they were a five seed for a reason. And if you look at the metrics, the Knicks are not a good defensive team. You can get caught up in Mitchell Robinson all you want. You can get caught up in Isaiah Hartenstein all you want. Yeah. The fact of the matter is the metrics show that the Knicks are a bottom half defensive team in terms of efficiency and that's showing and that showed in the performance Saturday where the Heat did not shoot well and also the Knicks can't really shoot well and we've seen that like all playoffs long they've been winning with bully ball and you know what I'm glad it's got them this far because when you're when you're playing a soft team like the Cavs you can get away with that I mean how how soft and incompetent to the Cavs look after that first round oh series God. because the Cavs were worked so much so that made me believe that the Knicks were something that they're actually not because in yeah. the three-game sample size Knicks heat, it's amazing what happens when the Knicks opponent has a coach, has veteran leadership, and has a team that buys in to a system and yeah. a team that has multiple rings on the roster as well. When the Cavs went in, young guns, Donovan Mitchell is your leader, uh, and the coaching was atrocious. The physicality was atrocious. The physicality the, was absent. The, the, absent. I mean, they were intimidated pushed. by yeah. the Knicks. And also, too, a Heat team that's not going to be intimidated by anybody, no matter stature, no matter size. Yeah. I mean, look at Julius Randle. Look at Hartenstein. They can be pushing people around, jostling people around. Meanwhile, Jimmy Butler's just dancing on the floor while all of that is taking place. Like, Proving. this team is unflappable. And the Cavs were just flat-out soft. The Knicks beat up a Cavs team, did it well, but also expose the Cavs for frauds 
and now the Heat through three games. If you watch these three games, I mean, you can only come to one conclusion. The Heat are the better team. The Heat are the better team. Like and they, that's our only one conclusion you can come to. And that's why it's like I don't want to give them you – know, I know we're giving most impressive performance of the weekend. It wasn't impressive in – on the high end terms, like it wasn't like I it jumped off the page. No, it's not like it was a thirty. Well, what it was, what the Heat, the Heat weren't impressive against the Knicks. What the Heat were, they were their status quo. Yeah. in this postseason. Yeah, and, they, and that's enough to get out of this series. Yeah, yeah. because what if what have the Knicks done impressively on offense other than the final five minutes of Game Two against a corpse of a Heat roster? Nothing. Not much. So what the Heat did is they defended well. And the Knicks were completely incapable of any extended stretch of offense. And yeah. the Heat just kept extending the lead, extending the lead, extending the lead, and played more physical and rebounded, and that was your game. That's not impressive. That's what the Heat have been doing since game one of the Buck series. Right. And it makes sense because it's with Jimmy Butler coming back off of that ankle injury, mm-hmm. off of him watching the Knicks kind of get away with some stuff in the last five minutes of that game at MSG, like – it made sense what happened on Saturday. Now we got to see if the Heat can carry that into tonight as well. So your most impressive performance, though, was the Suns. Kevin Durant, Booker, Devin KD. Booker led mm-hmm. without Chris Paul. And you mentioned legacy. I've got to say, uh, Christian Cat, audible assassin, runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. The Kevin Durant Suns experience has been nary a blip on my sports radar. I've got to be honest. It's those late tips, man. The, the late tip-offs are hurting his legacy. Partially, yeah, it can't help. It, it definitely is not helping, but he was not a blip on the Warriors on my sports radar when he was with the Warriors. I don't know if it's still too new. I don't know if, I don't know if it's he injured himself uh, in the warm-ups of his home debut with the Phoenix yeah. Suns. He didn't play a good portion of the final stretch of the regular season. Uh, the Suns have been sort of just existing in the postseason, playing a Clippers team that have Russell Westbrook, and that's about it. Uh, I don't know. But you mentioned legacy, and you're right. There's probably a legacy discussion to be made for Kevin Durant hanging around in this series yeah. and him and Devin Booker even in this thing up at two. But the Kevin Durant-led Suns, the Kevin Durant edition of the Suns, I mean, I've thought about it maybe twice. It's so under the radar. It's crazy. Yeah, it just it doesn't feel like they're as serious. Like, I picked them coming out of the West when we first got into the playoffs. They don't feel as serious as a contender anymore to me and and part of that has to do with I mean we saw what happened with KD last year in the playoffs with the Nets getting swept by these same Celtics that can't figure out how to close a game right yet they found a time time and time again in that series there was a bunch of close games they had they just lost all of them now seeing KD with Phoenix with a team that's supposed to be this super team conglomerate out of the west the next big thing with the big three now CP3's out Mm -hmm. as predicted when you're running these guys he's 40 years old you're running them 40 minutes a night he can only stand so much of that. KD and, and, and D. Booker carrying the team. But, like, how how much longer are they going to be able to do that? Can they do it on the road as well? Like, I'm a little – I'm worried about my son's pick, number one, but also number two. I'm just – I'm thinking about this way. that the, the way people have been talking about KD lately as well. Yeah. Like, in the in the conversation of the Curry and LeBron debating how Curry's kind of closed in on LeBron, and they talk about those two rings KD got KD doesn't Curry. even come up. He doesn't come up anymore. And it, it's – look – he could be fade, he could be fading away into the into obscurity, man. If if they don't get through the Nuggets, but again, that's why it was impressive to me over the weekend, Friday night and last night. He delivered, D book delivered, and they tied up the series. Well, is it because the reason why you might think that with KD? I think it comes from he's not a part of that Suns culture, right? You see, the what is Celtics. that Suns culture? Lifting weights after games yeah. and then losing in the playoffs. That Suns culture, man. I got to yeah. get I got to get in on that. Teams that were taking seriously in this playoffs for good reason 
also have an identity. You think of the Celtics, you think Jason Tatum. You think that's the leader of that team. Right. You see the Heat, you see Jimmy Butler. We obviously know he's the leader of that team. LeBron James, leader of yeah. that Lakers You don't know team. who it is with the Suns. The Suns. And they don't even have a rotation. It's a rent-a-player, it feels like. A mercenary they brought in midseason, yeah. which, what are you going to say, they shouldn't have traded for him? Of course you want to get KD on your team if you can have KD on your team. But maybe that's because not much of a story's been had about his postseason. Yeah, I suppose that's it. I just I, I, I haven't paid a, a ton of attention to the KD edition of the Suns. And yeah. yeah, yeah, there they are. Now they're tied two two at the one seed. Uh, maybe it's the over the top coverage given to Lakers Warriors in that conference. You've got a super juicy storyline series yeah. as well, and it just sort of flies under the radar. But in the East, that's not happening because Heat Knicks is getting just as much attention as Sixers Celtics. And I would argue Sixers Celtics has been a vastly better played series Definitely. than Heat. They've given them some good games. Just based on stylistically yeah. how these these teams are. And I, I based off of what we've seen, I, and I know that that series is 2-2, but I think it's pretty clear who the better team is in that series. It's the Celtics. You know, the Celtics so, are better than the 76ers. But I, would argue, be. but I would argue that of the four teams left in the Eastern Conference, the team who's in the best shape in terms of how vastly better off of a sample size they are than their opponent, is the Heat. Yeah. Like, the Knicks have far and away been the worst team in uh, in this edition of the Eastern Conference playoffs, these final four. Really, if you take it out to even the final eight, even with the Western Conference teams, the Knicks have been the worst, and the Heat have at least looked the most solid sans the one game that they didn't have their superstar in Jimmy Butler. Like, they should be up 3-0 right now. and They even, should be up 3-0, absolutely. Even without Jimmy Butler. I mean, right. they had that game as well, game two as well. So it just it feels like, again, the Heat are in the best position right now in the conference semifinal. The question is, who would they have to face next in the conference finals as well as what's coming out of the West? Because it could be any four of those teams coming out of the West, and I wouldn't be surprised. Same thing for the East. I mean, it could be any three of the teams. I think the Knicks are pretty much bottom of the barrel at this point. Tony tweets in, Theo, don't fall for it. Did Levicka say the Knicks are a mid-tier team because they were fifth in the standings? Talk about having a play-in just to make it. I mean, okay, but uh, again, how would you describe the Knicks? He's, what? Not, he's not wrong. Right, but again, this heat, this edition of the Heat team, having to go to the back end of a yeah. play and again in the postseason, is at its core the same Heat team that was the one seed a year ago. The same team that was a one seed a year ago. And now the one seed Heat have arrived in the postseason. Yeah. And the one seed Heat are doing it vastly shorthanded because of the superiority of the coaching and superiority of the game plan. As for the Knicks, they had a fine regular season, but they also have absolutely no blueprint, no blueprint, no precedent, unlike the Heat, for sustained playoff success. And so when I say they're a mid-tier team, yeah, they are a mid-tier Eastern Conference competitive team, okay? A mid-tier competitive team in the Eastern Conference. That said, they haven't shown to be anything more. Yeah. They have it. They have it. The Heat have. More even if they're playing. The Heat have shown to be more dangerous in the postseason, this postseason and past postseasons than anything the Knicks have done. Yeah, the sample size of the past four years, if the Heat do get through the Knicks, it'll be their third Eastern Conference Finals in four yeah. years. And the Heat could still lose the series. The Heat could lose this series, could. but it would I mean it would be one I think that's the most shocking result if if the Knicks get past the Heat in this round. And, and again, the Knicks were the favorites coming in. Yeah. They had home court. Again, the Heat were the eight seed, even though they got past the Bucks. For some reason, there still wasn't a lot of belief around this 
this gritty team from South Florida. But like, and I didn't have much belief in them either. And then and they turned into last year's Heat. I was about to say I didn't have any belief before round one. After seeing them close out the Bucks in five, yeah, I just can't. You can't. That that just happened. That this team they reset their expectations. They reset what ceiling they can get to after doing that. I know the regular season is. 82-game sample. I know they lost the first play-in game, but it's clearly a different team right now. Clearly. Even without Tyler Hero. Which is possible. Even Which, without one of the best scorers on the team. It is possible to sleepwalk through an NBA regular season and then suddenly be uh, something vastly different yeah. in the NBA playoffs. Uh, and the, the Heat are, are showing it right now. But when you have a Knicks team, Jalen Brunson has... The, the, the Heat have successfully run him away from the perimeter. Yeah. Something the Cavs refused to do, and he stuck it in their eye over and over and over again. But again, we discussed this on Saturday in Heating Up. The Heat have done a remarkable job of keeping Jalen Brunson away from the arc. Yeah. Forcing him to penetrate, drive and kick, or take it to the rim. He got himself injured, throwing himself to the floor. Bam coming down, trying to challenge the shot late in that game. Stepped on his ankle. He's been banged up. He's been frustrated. And I'm sorry, when you're the Knicks... And your number two option is Julius Randle, who's making Mm. mixtapes on Instagram after beating the Heat in game two, a Heat team that, again, was a skeleton crew. Undrafted free agent Just seven undrafted free agents scoring 74 points in that game. Uh. And you're IGing it up, a mixtape, Julius Randle, coming back from your injury. And then Julius Randle puts together a clown show clunker on Saturday where he's trying to mix it up with Cody Zeller. What point are you trying to prove? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? He's throwing elbows. He's throwing his hips around. He's just being an all-around clown. Then he's talking, talking, talking with his team down 17. Uh, Julius Randle, for a vast portion of that game, well into the third quarter, had more fouls and more turnovers than he did made baskets. Julius Randle has the worst field goal percentage amongst players who averaged 15 or more field goal attempts in the playoffs since 1970. 32%. He has the fourth worst field goal percentage in postseason history. Julius Randle, that's your number two. So unless he bucks history and figures it out in this series against this Heat team, I just don't know if the Knicks have a possibility of winning the series. That's all I'm saying. Through three games, we've seen enough to see that the Heat are the better team. Maybe that vastly changes, and Tibbs flips the switch, and things are different, and R.J. Barrett can play more than three or four-minute spurts, Yeah, yeah. but the Heat are the better team through three games. That would have to be the, the difference for me would have to be a, a big Jalen Brunson game or, like you said, R.J. Barrett kind of waking up and being that guy that can kind of take over in spots. But I just don't, again, even saying that, saying that out loud, Saying that out loud, second round of the playoffs against a Miami Heat team, a veteran-led team that's been here before, I just can't see. That's why, I like Jalen Jalen Brunson, great great guard. Yeah, he's still six one, and when he gets into the paint in there, it's it's tough over Bam Adebayo. It's tough over guys like Caleb Martin. Like I can't, I just can't see it. I just, I I, I know that they, they matter. Good, the seeds matter. The Knicks are fine. They yeah. are they are they are mid tier competitive in the Eastern Conference. That's good enough. They for had the five a success. Seed. They beat the Cavs. Yeah. They beat the Cavs. And that's good. And again, they still might beat the Heat. They can. They still might beat the Heat. They are capable. They have the ability to do that. They have the talent to do that. But as far as the team is concerned, and I said it last week, the Heat are the better team. If you in a vacuum, if you in a vacuum, say you, the last five years, uh, you've been watching basketball, watching basketball. You didn't pay attention to seeding. Maybe you went comatose uh, throughout the course of the NBA regular season. You woke up and you said, oh, second round, Heat Knicks. 
What you're seeing here from the Heat, up two games to one, not knowing what the seeds were, not knowing anything about the regular season, but you had seen the previous season, you'd say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Heat up two games to one. Yeah. Uh, it's not a surprise. Yeah. Because they're an eight seed, people are saying, my God, what a run. Oh, it's house money at this point. The Heat have already had a successful season, and while I agree with that, the way they're playing looks like last year's Heat team. Yeah. And so that's where, to me, it feels like no longer house money, and you're starting to get into the conversation of, um, do these guys have it? Do these guys have the ability to come out of the East? And I don't think you can deny it right now. Yeah. It, it might not happen, and the percentages are against it, but you can't just completely poo-poo it. The expectations have shifted. With, with the success they've had through, what, seven, eight playoff games yeah. so far, the expectations have shifted, and it's no longer about – is this because remember we were asking just a week ago? Is the season already a success yeah. for both the Panthers and the Heat? And we both said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, but now also, it feels like if the Heat lose this series to the Knicks, it would be a it failure. Would tarnish it a little. It would bit. be a failure. It would feel like a failure of a season. There are no failures. Just ask no. honest. It's just a lure. It's just an ability to learn. Okay, <laughs> it would be just a failure. Learning. L- it, would be, to the, yeah. it would be extremely disappointing. Yeah. Not just because Knicks fans would be insufferable. Yeah, but no. also the fact that the Heat are better. The heater is better. Yeah. They are they are better. What was the most imp- impressive performance this weekend? The most impressive performance this weekend, mine, is the Panthers beating the Maple Leafs and having mighty Toronto on the brink of elimination up three games to none. A legacy win last night for Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. The Suns and Nuggets are even 2-2 in their second-round Western Conference series. Yeah, the Heat, to me, like not, it wasn't impressive. It was just sort of the Heat took care of business. That That's the way Theo and I are are looking at it. But the most impressive performance this weekend was what? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. To you, what was the most impressive performance this weekend? 888 888- 760 3776 760 3776 He's Theodore CWP TV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 1063. What was the performance that impressed you most this weekend? Toby tweets in, Tampa Bay Rays from six down against Garrett Cole to beat the Yankees. Uh, Audible assassin Christian Cat, how do you feel about uh, that uh, that suggestion? Watched it live. It's not baseball season yet, right? Playoff hockey, playoff basketball. Why was he watching that? That's my question. Let me ask <laughs> He's you, got problems going on at home. Let me ask you, Yankees fan. Yes. Are you now numb to the suck? Or is it still painful? I've accepted the suck. You've accepted the suck. So you're not even waiting for like June. You're just sort of coming to terms with the fact this might be a lost Yankee season. I've become one with the suck. I suck. We suck. <laughs> a collective it suck. It's suck. Yes. Eesh. It's bad, man. What a Monday. Don't become a baseball fan. Your life becomes miserable. Well, I'm an Astros fan. World champion. Yeah, you don't have much to worry about. Yeah. Um, I also don't watch any of the games, but I am a world champion with the Astros right now. They're bad this year. They're bad? Yeah, they're not good. I, I get the updates. I get the little box score updates from ESPN whenever they win or they're lose. Not good. You read the paper? Uh, yeah. Pop it open. <laughs> I get the, that's all I, my only like tie to the Astros fandom is 
those ESPN alerts I get after every game. But I thought they, you know, it seems like they win sometimes. Uh, sometimes, not nearly as much as they have been winning. Okay. Um, uh, the Rays win all the time. Like, that's not a surprise. But sort of a weird year because uh, the Orioles were good and the Pirates are good and the that's Padres right. are bad. And it's just a, it's a weird baseball season. But the Yankees, the Yankees are your last place New York Yankees. Hey. And they're still above 500. And they're still above 500. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. Wow. And this is where I don't know if you should be embracing the suck yet, is that the AL East is just so damn good, at least at the start of the season, the Yankees are last place team in the best division in baseball. It gives you hope that, hey, the Yankees can pull out of this. That said, the pitching in the bullpen is bad. I mean, bad. Not to get too bogged down in the details. Like bad, bad. Remember the last time the Red Sox won the World Series? They won like 113 regular season games. True. It didn't matter how good the it's Yankees true. did. You just never had a chance of catching up. That's what it feels like right so now. So you with say the forget yes. the fact that it's the best last place team in baseball. It's still last place. Mm. I embrace the suck. Let's turn into the college football playoff. Best four teams, maybe find a way in there, right? <laughs> just kind of let's just judge a selection on the committee, yes. a baseball selection committee. <laughs> Oh, man, the Yankees were getting in every single year. That's your only hope, Christian, yeah, is yeah. that. Uh, if you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Today, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Also on social media, the performance that impressed you most over the weekend, King Charles able to hold on to anything with those sausage fingers of his. I don't know if you here. Check out this oh, picture. Check out this. Check out this picture. Look at the size yeah. of that dude's fingers. He, he's got to have water retention problems, right? Like, that's the only explanation for that. You're hating from outside of the club. That's what it feels like right now. You're hating the guy with the climax of his life. It came a little bit late, but you're hating from outside the club. That's what it feels like right now. The man's got uh, I mean, his fingers, fingers. Are, his fingers look like Andre the Giants. It's it ridiculous. Look like, like a like rubber purple. glove that yeah. you, like, blow up. You. <laughs> I mean, he's got he's got to have uh, – he's got too much salt in his diet. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, would salt help that or hurt that? No idea. I don't even know. That would hurt that, yeah, because salt makes higher blood pressure, which right, I would so assume. Right, so it blows up your fingers. It, That's what he's suffering yeah, from. Yeah, he needs, to, um, he needs to relax. Or he just has sausage fingers. I don't know. I have no idea. Has he always had sausage fingers? That I also don't know because I'm also I'm not a big royal family guy. I don't, I'm not as locked in on these guys with the crowns and all of that. So yeah. I don't know if he's just has been walking around like that. I have no idea. How's he put his hands in his pockets? Maybe he doesn't. Or there, I mean, he's the king now, so I'm sure he can get custom-made pockets for his big old bulbous hands. Uh, Finhead tweets in, I don't want to embarrass the wife, but I went 10 seconds straight. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Good Thank job. You, Finhead. As long as you finish the job. Yeah. At least yours. Anthony, uh, most impressed by Jimmy Butler. Teams know if they stop Jimmy Butler, they can beat the Heat. Problem is nobody can stop Jimmy Butler right now. Now, even without Jimmy Butler, though, the Knicks almost couldn't stop the Heat. So I don't know if yeah. I fully agree with that assessment, at least in this series. Just the presence of Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Just the presence of him just changes the game. Uh, Jupiter Scott, Jimmy Buckets, of course. I was more impressed with Bam on Saturday than I yeah, was with yeah. Jimmy. I think Bam was a more impactful player. And Jimmy, 
uh, hit a big baseline jumper over Josh Hart with things feeling a little uncomfortable with the Knicks yeah. getting it down to 12 in that fourth quarter. Um, but it's wild. After the second quarter, the Knicks never got within single digits. Like, Think about that. Think about that. And every time they got close, it was a Jimmy bucket. It was a fading shot clock ending type bucket. And it it was, that's what's, I think that's what's most settling, I think, for the Miami Heat in general, because this this team lacks so much offensive prowess. Having a guy on the court like Jimmy Butler, as opposed to what happened in game two, who can take those shots, who can put some rim pressure on the defense, like it makes such a difference. Yeah. It makes such a difference. We'll see if he does it again tonight, but like he didn't even have a 40 point explosion. No. Like what, 28? Right. And it still was impressive. Uh, James says the Panthers most impressive. Jeremy says the Panthers most impressive. I got to say, Theo, this has been uh, the last couple of weeks, and I suppose going back to to, to March 2 with the oh, yeah. FAU run to the Final Four and all that, but, but as far as the pro teams are concerned, once the postseason has gone underway, I have not had – much more pleasure as a fan because with FAU I'm I'm in the middle of that I'm working it's my yeah. job uh, calling that documenting that but as a fan I'm not sure since I've come down to South Florida in 2007 I've had more fun than I've had over the last two and a half weeks or so with both the Panthers and the Heat but part of it is I think who these teams are beating as well now the Heat yeah my they beat the Team with the best record in the regular season, that the Bucks in five games. That, that means, means something, that's, right? Yeah. Like that's a big deal. But the Bucks aren't inherently unlikable. You know, we, right? nobody hates the Bucks. No, the yeah. fan base, you don't hate the fan base. They're just yeah, they're cool. uh, good people who eat cheese and bratwurst in the summers on Fridays for a dollar with a couple of draft beers. Like that's yeah. that's Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a great city. I love Milwaukee. When I lived in Wisconsin for eight months, I gained copious amounts of weight because it's just a good place Mm. but man to now set this up with the Knicks and to see Knicks fans wringing their hands not Prince Charles King Charles sausage finger hands but just their hands I mean it's fun it's fun like listen listen to this this was after game two this was after game two barstool sports production Mm. and I have a theory that Knicks fans under the age of 40 are excited about the Knicks, not because of the basketball, but because it's their opportunity to stand in front of Penn Station and yell things into cameras and microphones that have a a bar stool um, uh, logo yeah. on the mic flag. Like, I think that's the draw, is to, to, to go viral as opposed to anything basketball. This was after game two, after the Knicks beat the Heat. I want you to listen to this guy on Barstool. What's your message to Heat fans? Miami Heat, Jalen brought him 30 piece on your dome. We're going to Miami on Saturday and you f***ing your up. Let's go now. <clears throat> I mean, points off for the Jalen Brunts him as well. <laughs> like, that's just not creative yeah. at yeah. all. It doesn't work. It's not as yet. No. It reads better than it is. Yeah, it, right, exactly. And so... Uh, how how accurate was 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 that? Gonna bleep you up on Saturday. The Knicks didn't show up. Yeah, didn't show up at all. And so again, it's another example of Knicks fan ass hattery. So I think what this deserves. Then let's go ahead and and celebrate New York the only way we know best. Uh, let's provide them a little Jay Z, a little Alicia Keys, a little Empire State of Mind. Reminds me of the Super Bowl. 
Giants, the Patriots. Oh. Is it a Patriots? Yeah. <laughs> Call me off. Call me off guard. Wait, what? What do you mean? I was thinking uh, Daisy was coming out with a lot of music when uh, the Giants oh, yeah. and the Patriots, Super Bowls, right in between that era between uh, both sure. of them. Well, he runs the halftime shows now. Like that's his baby. Really? He produces them. Yeah. They know that. Yeah. Hold on. We're just jamming. There we go. Just vibing. That's what we're doing. Uh, you know what? For the older folks, for the older generation of of New Yorkers, here's uh, here's a little the olds. Here's a little Frank, a little a little old blue eyes himself, Frank Sinatra. Yankees win. Oh, not much this year. No. Hey, this song is hard though. Start yeah. The they should play this version when they lose. Yeah. But they play the normal version when they win. Now, would I be able to get any royalties off that, or is that the estate of Frank Sinatra? All I did was add fart sounds to this. Parody law, I think you're good. All right. I should be able to get some. But I want to get royalties if the Yankees start using this. They got a good set of lawyers there. <laughs> they dominate the T-shirt market. Better lawyers than bullpen? Oh. Bullpen's actually okay. Bullpen's okay. Numbers-wise, okay. okay. I will say that. The rotation. No one's healthy. Yeah. Lineup is triple A ball. Yeah. You know what I noticed about baseball talk? You can, you can always just criticize the bullpen or the rotation. <laughs> yeah. Every fan is yeah. not satisfied with their bullpen or rotation. It's like offensive line in college football. Yeah. There's like two good ones right. in the nation. Yeah, so every yeah. every other team, you can just be like, yeah, man, the throw's not looking so good this yeah. year, man. It's just Oh, man, that bullpen. That bullpen. <laughs> I, I'm going to start doing that now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure you can uh, you can do that with baseball more than any other sport. Yeah. Or like in hockey, you'd be on oh, that third line. Third line, yeah. yeah. I've really get, been struggling. Just beef up that third line yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, things things will turn around a yeah. little bit. Need some reinforcements in the bullpen. Things yeah. will turn around a little bit. Uh, I love it. <laughs> and and then there's there's Toronto fans. Uh, so as you know now, Theo, you didn't know then, but as you know now, the Maple Leafs are in the uh, the second round of the playoffs for the first time in 19 years. 2004 was the last time that the Maple Leafs had won a single playoff series. Wow. And down in Tampa, they started getting cocky. That's where they won. The playoff series was down over the lightning in Tampa. And so Sportsnet, out of Canada, they, they documented it in full. And I want you to listen to these people. Listen to these people knowing now that the Maple Leafs are down three games to none to the mighty Florida Panthers. I want you to listen to these people. That's the best thing to me. It ain't getting better. We want the cup. We're bringing it home. Toronto, you heard it here first, and you're going to see the cup here last. Let's go. I said Leafs at six, and what was it tonight? Leafs at six, baby. Yeah. After 6,000 plus days, we're going to round two. Florida, Boston, I don't care. We're going to run up. We're going to be there. We're winning the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup is ours. We want Boston. I'm about to cry. 2004, I was the they wanted Boston. I'm sure they still want Boston. Yeah, yeah. Go, Leafs, go! Give me a Better than a better matchup. Yeah. What's your message to all the Leaf haters? Everyone who doubted this city for so long. Listen, we suffered, but now's our time. Check off the first revenge tour. We don't want Florida to win the ball. We want Boston. We got the These mouth-breathing dolts. I mean, listen to these fools. Man. How can you be so cocky? 
be a Maple Leaf fan right now. Over 19 years. 25! All right, listen to these. 11! There isn't even a scale for this right now. The amount of joy I'm feeling is 100 out of It was a first-round playoff series, yeah. dude. Absolute 10. Absolute 10. Well, that's it for All right. Like those fools. Those fools. And now, what's happened? The Panthers are just taking that ass. Not only of the Maple Leafs, but that whole city. Yeah. That whole province of Ontario, the Panthers are taking that ass. More like Ontario with an L at the end. Because of their Ontario. Ontario is better than Ontario. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Ontario. It's almost up there with the Jalen Brunson. Yeah, that's true. Come on. I'm sorry. So you're like putting the L for lost? Yes. That's yeah. The, that's yeah, the yeah. entire... All Lontario. Right. All right. Toronto, I guess. Ontario, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> this is... Anyways. That one also... <laughs> no, that also reads better than it's said out loud. Yeah. That's like Twitter yeah. speak. Yeah. Well, also, too, Lontario doesn't have an apostrophe between the L and the O. Who knows? I would love that. Another Kinda like L'Oreal. Yeah, they, yeah. It, it has some culture yeah. to it. L'Ontario. L'Ontario. That actually, that's actually that would be a pretty cool name. Yeah. See if I said it right now, another dub for when Wavica. Like it reads better than me saying it out loud. Oh yeah. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but you know what? Uh, we got something for Toronto fans as well. Screamy Toronto fans. Toronto fans that celebrated like they won the Stanley Cup after one playoff series win. Couldn't be Panthers fans. Couldn't be Panthers oh. fans. Um, uh, Toronto. We know you love. You some Drake, a very proud native son of Toronto. So Maple Leafs fans, we want to perk your spirits up after last night's overtime loss. So enjoy some Drake. Six, six, six. Mm. He really represents sports culture. Yeah. Started. Started from the bottom, now we're here. I wonder if he's the Leafs fan. Started from the bottom, now my whole team. Really, if they won the cup, he would be. Right. He'll be there. He'll be at the parade. Started from the bottom, now the I'm surprised he hasn't been right at a Leafs game at this point. You know? But they would have to be winning. If, like, if they were in the Stanley Cup final, he'd be yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard. He can't really be seen in the Jumbotron as easily behind the sure. glass versus on the court. Great point. He, There's he no, like, court side yeah. 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 Um, he could be in the box. For those yeah. for those not into hip hop, maybe you're more of a uh, a top forty like pop, um, teen pop mm. uh, aficionado. Uh, Ontario's Ontario's own Justin Bieber. This this is for you, Toronto. Oh, uh oh, going to the mall. By the way, Drake in this music video with a bunch of preteens. How weird is that? It's kind of on brand for him, sadly. It's... Yeah. I mean, knowing what we know now yes. makes sense. But uh, he's just giving relationship advice to Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't get yeah, relationship it's advice pretty, to 14-year-olds? <laughs> pretty common for, um, for a late 20s, early 30s man to be uh, friends with a 14-year-old. Nothing yeah. bad's ever happened then. Yeah. Just ask Michael Jackson. Oh. He was just... That's having true. sleepovers. That's true. Something about being like the king of pop music, I guess. I'm sure Drake's fine. That he's good. Here we are. I mean, it's not allegedly, though. He definitely he, yeah, he had a friendship with a 14-year-old Millie Bobby Brown as a grown-ass man. Yeah. Well, Tonic, come on.
That's not even. Yeah, yeah. Just giving relationship advice, normal stuff. Can't be friends anymore. And by the way, in this music no, video, it would be unquestionably weird for him to even, like in real life, be at that bowling alley with these kids, that considering that they're all like 13 and 14 years old. And then there's him, like cheering on Justin Bieber to go flirt with some girl. Oh. Like, what are you doing, man? Uh. Like, Drake, get out of there. Don't even have people ask questions. Yeah. Like people are going to ask questions when you do things like that. So both in his his music video life and his real life, Drake, what are you doing, dude? Put himself in precarious situations. Yeah, Come don't on. even put yourself yes. in that spot. Just a little friendly advice to Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Knicks fans, Maple Leafs fans, you can eat it. That is Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We're a couple of minutes away from Robert Sala Presents Dog Bleep Monday here on Ken LaVica Live. Coach Sala, nice enough to pop in, as he does occasionally for a good old-fashioned Dog Bleep Monday. If you're going down to the heat tonight, game four, you know how to get there. Not in your car. Not in your automobile. Make yourself make yourself happy, stress-free. Do something for your mental health. Take that train you just heard. That's Brightline. Go Brightline.com and the free Brightline app. Brightline, the buzzer beater train from West Palm, Boca. Fort Lauderdale into Miami Central Station. You walk a couple of blocks, and there you are at Caseya Center. Ready for game four tonight. A huge one. If the Heat win this one, I don't think the Knicks have a way back into this series. No way. If you're headed down there, again, make it GoBrightline.com and the free Brightline app. Also, baseball fans, make your next Marlins game a home run. Brightline's home runner trains from West Palm, Boca Raton, Fort Lauderdale, Miami Central Station include free direct shuttle service to Lone Depot Park. You catch the game, upgrade to Brightline's premium service. Pre-game on the train with free drinks and bites, including specially branded Marlins beverages. Brightline's home runner train gives you the ultimate fan experience. You skip traffic, skip parking, stay till the last inning. Book now, go brightline.com and the free Brightline app. One thing I forgot uh, about the most impressive performance of the weekend. Do you do you consider pro wrestling a sport? Uh yeah, sure. I'm not I'm not it, an anti pro wrestling. It is it's theater, of yeah. course, but it's extremely it's like show. physical theater. Sports uh, entertainment. Sports entertainment. entertainment. Sports is in the name. Right. Yeah. It's sports entertainment. Um this weekend there was a WWE pay per view called Backlash in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Mm. Bad Bunny, who in the last three weeks, he is the most popular every single metric right now will tell you he is the most popular musical artist on the planet wow. in terms of ticket sales, in terms of downloads, in terms of album sales, the entire thing. There is nobody more popular on the planet right now than Bad Bunny. He headlined Coachella two weeks ago. Then uh, last week, early last week, he's one of the main attractions at the Met Gala. And then what did he do on Saturday night? He was the main attraction at WWE Backlash. Not as a host, not as a guest, but as someone who headlined the co-main event. That's right. Wrestled. Mm. Bad Bunny 
Bad Bunny, a Grammy Award winner. Again, a man who sold out back-to-back shows, not a single seat available at Hard Rock Stadium, sold out football stadiums throughout the continent last year. Bad Bunny, who doesn't have to do any of this, said, oh, yeah, I want to go one-on-one in Puerto Rico, my home country, and wrestle in a street fight match. Mm. So this dude comes out. This is the entrance. This is the pop. This was the crowd reaction in San Juan, Puerto Rico to Bad Bunny's entrance. And I want you to hear this and understand that you may not hear any larger crowd reaction in the NHL playoffs, in the NBA playoffs, in anything than what Puerto Rico put on for Bad Bunny's WWE backlash entrance. And then they start singing. Like, could you imagine the feeling? I just want to hear the. It's just like a party, man. Yeah. So then, this dude goes on to put on a 26-minute masterpiece with Damian Priest, a fellow Puerto Rican like himself. Bad Bunny again, Grammy Award winner, right? millions of downloads and albums sold and selling out football stadiums in the entire thing. He doesn't have to do any of this. He doesn't need no publicity. He doesn't need to do any of this stuff. He's with Kendall Jenner, reportedly. Like, this dude has it made, man. So, what I want you to hear, though, is Bad Bunny, then, in the match, him and Damian Priest get up on a, a, a piece of equipment, and Damian Priest picks him up and... Power drives him through a table. Like, listen to this. Bad Bunny. Again, he doesn't have to do any of this. He's doing this for fun because he loves pro wrestling. Listen, to how you can you can hear how badly this hurts. Bad Bunny fighting back high on top of the equipment. They're exchanging punches there. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is not going to be good. Oh, my God. <laughs> How good is that? And the crowd's going crazy. Bad Bunny's laying motionless. It's just chaos and blood and the whole thing. Bad Bunny, again, he doesn't have to do any of this. He gladly wants to be thrown through tables. That is the most impressive performance of the weekend. That right there is the most. That dude is an entertainer through and through, yeah, man. He's just living out his dreams. Oh. I love to see that when people are like just on top having fun. He, he, this is his moment. He, he knows this all. is his moment. He and does it all. He's executing. Uh, Robert Sala. He's happy. He's got uh, Aaron Rodgers now as his quarterback. Yeah. He's on cloud nine. Uh, he will, uh, he'll, he'll present to us a dog bleep Monday when we come back. He's Theodore CWP TV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.